Hello, and welcome to Season 2 of If Women Were Meant to Fly, The Sky Would Be Pink. Episode 3. One Step Forward, Two Steps Back. I'm Enid O'Toole. In this episode, I land in Houston for two months of intensive training for my ATPL. I'm reminded of blatant and institutional racism whilst in the US, and I return to Nigeria with a renewed sense of optimism and excitement as I can almost reach out and touch my command. I was back in the US again, this time to finish what I started. Not only would I be taking my final ATPL course, but I would be preparing to challenge myself for a command. First, though, I had to shore up my hours to attain 100 night hours, which was a prerequisite to license issue. For this, I had to head east to Port Arthur, 86 miles from Houston, to a local flying school at Orange County Airport, where I would be back in the Cessna 152 building my night hours. I would then return to Houston's Ellington Airport to do my ATPL prep and exam on the Beechcraft Duchess B-76 twin piston aircraft. On arrival in Houston, I was met by a Bristow's local representative who was responsible for me whilst I was there. He had hired me a car for the time I was to be there and he took me straight to where it was parked. I loved it instantly. It was a Chevy Camaro, and a brand new one at that. During the handover, he laid out a local map on the hood and proceeded to apologise to me. He had circled several small towns in red and put a cross through them. He could see that I was quizzical and proceeded to explain the best way he could. He apologised for what he was about to say, but the red circles were an indication of where I must never go. Explore as much as you like, he said. You're very welcome. After all, you have a few days before you head up to Port Arthur. But never enter any of these small towns. Whilst most of the state was welcoming, there were a few places a blackface would not be. I could drive in at one end of the town, but never re-emerge at the other. I could tell he was extremely uncomfortable at having to impart this information, and he kept shifting from foot to foot. I knew what he meant, and I appreciated the advance warning. Racism was alive and well, and I knew that. I just had to be mindful and alert. I had a few days to spare before I started my flying, so I decided to follow his advice and explore my surroundings. I wanted to put some mileage on this brand new Camaro while I had it. From my hotel, I decided to drive south towards Galveston for a day's sightseeing and to visit. I hadn't been on Interstate 10 for very long before I noticed a police cruiser pass me. I was doing the speed limit, so I was happy. About 15 minutes later, I noticed another police cruiser had pulled up close behind me with no lights or any indication that he wanted me to stop. Slightly confused, I considered pulling over, but decided not to. 
He followed me like this for nearly 30 minutes. In my rearview mirror, I could see him on his radio. He pulled away abruptly shortly thereafter and glared at me as he slowly passed me by. It was hostile and unnerving, and as a result, I decided not to continue my journey south, turned around and headed back to my hotel. It wasn't until I called my contact in Houston that I realised what had been happening. He told me that it was probably fuelled by the fact that a black person was driving a brand new Camaro, and they were checking out my details. He probably peeled away when he could find no justification for pulling me over, and probably also because I was not a US citizen. It unsettled me because the inference was that as a black person, I shouldn't be driving a nice new car, and this is both unfair and wrong. However, as we are reminded in the present day, it is a fact of life. Transient for me as a visitor, but much more serious for the black community that resides there. I reported to the flying school at the Orange County Airport for my first check flight. It didn't get dark until quite late in this part of the world, and, and it worked out that I would be flying for the most part through the early hours of the morning. I successfully passed my check ride, and my instructor ensured that I was comfortable with some of the local airports in the area, just in case I needed to make use of them. The one overwhelming thing that I noticed when I arrived in Port Arthur was the smell. It was crude oil. Port Arthur is a city in Jefferson County within the Beaumont-Port Arthur metropolitan area of the U.S. state of Texas. It's 90 miles east of Houston. The Motiva refinery is located in Port Arthur, and it's the largest oil refinery in the United States. I was told that it would take a few days to get used to the heavy and penetrating smell of unrefined crude oil, and they were right. When I arrived, it made me feel really unwell. But by the time I left, I didn't even notice it. Building my night hours and flying through Texas was interesting and fun. I remember quite distinctly during my final instrument check before I was let loose. My instructor and I were practicing engine failures. Needless to say, at night, emergency landings would be much more challenging. However, my instructor had some surprising words of wisdom for me. Switch your landing lights on. If you don't like what you see, switch them off. For the most part, I enjoyed the flying, but it did get rather boring, doing the same thing every night. I would head out to the airport about 11pm and fly until about 2, 3 or 4am even the next morning. However, halfway through, the owner of the flying school asked if I would mind flying with all the students who needed some night experience and he would repay me in books and supplies. I jumped at the chance. After all, I was a qualified flight instructor and it would make it much more interesting to have someone along with you at that time of night or early morning. Loaded up with a full schedule of night students, we headed off to practice manoeuvres, emergencies and landings at various airports throughout Texas and Louisiana. A favourite of mine was Lake Charles Regional Airport, just over state lines in Louisiana. I never tired of teaching my night students to navigate, plan for emergencies, practice landings and file flight plans for flight following. We would always land at Lake Charles and have dinner and 
then head back via Beaumont Port Arthur Airport and finally home, where we would tie down the aircraft and I would head back to my hotel in Nederland. There was virtually nothing in the sky most nights, and you could see for miles. Refineries were fascinating from the air, and this was definitely refinery country. And you had to remember that you weren't really allowed to fly directly over them either. My night flying came to an end as I reached my target hours, and I reluctantly said goodbye to my new friends who had taken me under their wing and looked after me ever so well. I would now head back west to Houston's Ellington Airport to prep for my ATPL flight exam. My instructor was ready and waiting for me, and we spent the next week prepping for the exam. I'd already sat the theory and passed. This was a different level of ability, and I enjoyed the fact that my substantial commercial experience had already prepared me for this challenge. We worked hard and flew long flights, honing my abilities and getting used to the aircraft. The evenings were spent enjoying the local fare at the Lafayette Cajun Seafood Restaurant, where gumbo, fish, served fried, grilled, blackened and boiled, were served in a very low-key venue, and it was hugely popular and fun. You just could not leave Houston without being introduced to Cajun food. One weather phenomenon that I had not experienced too often was the appearance of several waterspouts and funnel clouds over Houston and Galveston. A funnel cloud is usually visible as a cone-shaped or needle-like protuberance from the main cloud base. Funnel clouds form most frequently in association with supercell thunderstorms and are the precursor to tornadoes. A waterspout is an intense vortex, usually appearing as a funnel-shaped cloud that occurs over a body of water. And since we were near Galveston Bay, with a number of large bodies of water in the area, this wasn't uncommon. I was hoping that I wouldn't have to dodge too many of them on exam day. When the day came for my flight exam with the local FAA flight examiner, I was nervous. My goal was so near now, and I just had to pass this final hurdle. It was a long and hard exam, and by the end, I was truly exhausted. He shook my hand as we clambered out of the aircraft and nodded to my flight instructor. Well, I'd done it. We completed all the paperwork and my shiny new license would be heading to Bristow's US business address to be forwarded on to me in a few weeks. My flight instructor had been magnificent and I will always remain extremely grateful to her for her first class instruction. I now had a few days to sightsee before I headed back to Lagos. Back in Lagos, I was back out on the line fairly quickly. Once I'd completed all the paperwork for my Nigerian license, I would be doing most of my flying in the left-hand seat in preparation for my command qualification hours as they reached 3,000. I was aware that I had now passed into the next phase of my life, and as such I had to rise to the occasion. No doubt I would now be on the receiving end of everyone's opinion as I stepped up to take my place as a shell captain. I'd become someone who ran towards challenge, even if it was to be controversial. I surmised that four bars on my shoulder would upset the apple cart and possibly send some of my passengers into freefall. I couldn't wait. Thank you for listening. As always, your reviews and comments are very much appreciated. Thank you to Lucy Ashby for the editing of this episode. If you would like to ask a question or make a comment, please do so on our social media sites. We're on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Or send us an email. Our email address is 
The sky is pinkpilot at gmail.com. Or visit our website, www.skyispink.co.uk. In the next episode, my flight rostering goes crazy as I fly as often as I can to build my left-hand seat hours. Some passengers clutch their pearls as I take control of flights, and I get the opportunity to lend my voice to our helicopter safety videos for the very first time. Thank you, and goodbye.